millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake, and I am joined by housemate Simon Longdon. Hello, I'm housemate Simon Longdon. I don't know if you know, but WWE has moved to BT Sport this week. Well, of course it has. Yeah, thing that we got to do last night. Well, sorry, not, not all of us. You, sorry that you weren't invited. Uh, was that we got to go to BT Sports headquarters, which conveniently are just across the river from us uh, in Hackney, and we got to watch sort of this really odd showpiece of it was part corporate event part wrestling show and then it was a crepton conan concert that nobody was interested in and i felt really i mean bad in a way conan in a way sort of, isn't that what wwe have always wanted to do what's the sort of yeah i guess that you know like pitbull at mania and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. there's a there's an alternate there's an alternate version of wwe in which they are just like a sort of corporate entertainment agency mm. i like yeah and i kind of enjoyed it was really interesting as a sort of uh I don't know if Ollie and Luke have spoken about this on the podcast, actually, but it's, it's interesting as sort of a test to see people like Andrade and Charlotte Flair coming out and basically doing a pub crowd or like a working men's club crowd. Yeah. Like people who didn't really love it sort of come out because wrestling was on in the area. They weren't like massively into it. There was only like 200 people in the room. And so, you know, WWE used to... Well, they punters are just all people who work at BT. It was a mix. There was like, there were some people who'd won competitions who were there. There would be like people like us. Uh, there would be people like... <laughs> <laughs> and there yeah. were people who uh, worked for BT. There were people who worked adjacent to WWE in the UK and got invited along. So it was, it was a really interesting mix. It was really lo- like it was... Everyone that we met there was lovely to talk to and really nice people. It's just really odd that it was also then like, here's a wrestling show. What I found the most strange about beyond the sort of seeing Andrade come out in front of 200 people was the difference between what the the like Raw and SmackDown stars were doing when they came over from America and what the NXT UK guys were doing. Because the Raw and the SmackDown guys came out and they had like the house show match that you would expect them to put on, which is like fairly safe, couple of like couple of spots that you're like, ooh, the rest of it's kind of just work in the crowd, quite slow, mm. methodical. 
NXT UK, the match was Moustache Mountain and Ilya Druganov versus Gallus. And they just killed each other. They yeah. were just like, they were just like, well, whatever. Like, but they, yeah, but they, that's they don't know how else to do it though. Yeah, like why not? Maybe they don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess yeah. Or do you think they should have another speed setting that's more like going to give them? Because you could argue like you like would it give you a longer career? I mean, Trent Seven's doing pretty well, and he looks fantastic. So, um, well, let's not go that far. I mean, face, he still looks I like mean, Trent Seven. I mean, top, top half. I mean, like from sort of chin up. He's got a lovely face. He's got a beautiful face uh, and an interesting brain. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I know. I I think they should just do what they do. I like it. I like yeah. the fact that Tyler Bate just goes out and does, does Tyler Bate matches yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but why not? You're twenty twenty. But he <laughs> is he twenty. To be is honest, he twenty anything or is he just twenty twenty? We are still going to be talking about him in ten years as a twenty one year old phenom. Yeah, like that he's just like he's always going to be the young guy, mm. I think. But um, no, I think it's I think it's great that they do that. I think it's interesting that the WWE guys have that speed because one they have to, but it's also how they were trained, and specifically guys of that age like Sheamus, yeah, yeah. who really came through the system before there was mm. an NXT. He's always been taught to wrestle like that. And I would argue that that's how they wrestle on TV as well. Most yeah, of the time. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing. It was really slick what they were doing. It was just mm. it was such a different pace to the match that came later, which was yeah. also slick. And it's that that kind of thing is like when you go to small like smaller shows in the UK, some of that slickness is missing. And the WWE guys just did it all yeah. perfectly. Like Andrade's spinning back elbow thing that he does mm. is, I think, my favorite move in wrestling. Now, I think this is fascinating because I think it's really cool as well. And it's absolutely used by him as a sort of, um, I guess, transition. He gets a false finish out but out of it every now and again, but not like a proper one. I just thought it was really fascinating as, as he started, as he was doing that on NXT, just he came to the main roster, was I believe was around the time that Jericho then debuts the Judas Elbow, yeah. described by some guy, some MMA guy, who I believe was quite famous. It was... It was um, Oh, I can't remember his name. A, guy, a, a genuine UFC mm-hmm. level trainer was talking about it. it. Might have even been like one of the Gracies or something. <coughs> and um, describing it as like in very Stephen Seagal esque motif as like the deadliest move in martial arts. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and I just thought it was the interesting. lyingest move. Uh, in yeah, martial yeah, yeah. Arts. I just thought it was really named Judas. Is. I just thought it was really interesting how that at the same time Andrade's doing his one, mm. arguably better. Yeah. Judas Elbow is sort of like a, a rockier version of stalwart indie band Elbow. What, as, as opposed I'd, to Judas I'd, Priest? Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that sort of like when they do their hair metal transition. I'm fed now. This is obviously going to, this is pretty, we're getting into a niche corner here. Yes. I'm fairly convinced that um, Guy Garvey is on at least 70% of Radio 2's output. <laughs> yeah. He's certainly. Uh, I think he's been a guest every week on Dermot O'Leary's show he for about there. three he's years. He's not allowed to leave. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he is on Six Music. There's, it's, I reckon you can't get more than 20 minutes on Six Music without Guy Garvey turning up. It's because he's dragging himself up by his elbows. It wasn't worth it. No, no it wasn't <laughs> worth it. Anyway, let's get on with the show. We'll be talking about uh, DIY returning on NXT, specifically for World to Collide. Here it is. I guess the point that everyone's talking about 
coming out of this NXT, which was a really jam-packed show of great matches. There were loads of sort of debuts, re-debuts. Half-debuts. Re- Half-debuts, returns. A return, I think, that just sort of flew under the radar. That's gone. I don't know where that is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There's there's problems. We'll turn this off or that can just live there. It's fine. Who cares? Um, it, it was a great NXT. It was a much better show than this one, is, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so this kind of spins out of uh, a, something that Undisputed Era have obviously been doing a long time. The, the, the reunion of DIY sort of came about because of that, I guess, is that Undisputed Era have been attacking people to assert their dominance within NXT. Mm. Uh, they've, and as uh, we know, asserting one's dominance is all you should be doing yeah, that's at it. any just time. Keep stand, that's why I'm standing on your foot under the table. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, but like, I think... Um, they, you know, the attacking Imperium and there's build to Worlds Collide and stuff, but it is mostly about beating down people. They beat down Keith Lee at the opening of the show when he cuts a promo. Champa makes the save. Champa comes out later in the show to cut his own promo, sort of having a midlife crisis, seemingly saying, uh, you know, I, my life was Goldie and now I don't have Goldie. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Goldie is his motorbike. Anyway, do you like this jacket and my younger <laughs> yeah. girlfriend? Like, it's, but but uh, Undisputed Era come out, cut him off, start beating him down. But who should make the save? But Johnny Gargano, his mm. old best friend. And they did a in this in this section. Johnny makes the save, super kicks uh, Bobby Fish, who falls down centre of the ring. Champa hits a widow's bell on Kyle O'Reilly, and then you get. I'm going to call it the Will Ospreay camera shot. Oh, the, the it's the Kota Ibushi Will Ospreay camera yeah. shot from the the Frankensteiner where Ospreay flips out, and they've got Ibushi sat there like <laughs> he stood up, isn't he? Mm. Oh. And it was that it was that exact framing of like Champa really close to camera, sort of looking quite happy. He's hit this widow's belt. Johnny is riling up the crowd in the other corner, and you can see between them the downed Bobby Fish, and you just know what's going to happen. Mm. You're like, oh, they're going to do the meat in the middle. I love the meat in the middle, and they do. And you get this kind of big DIY pop. They smash Bobby Fish's face to pieces. Yeah. Having by the He's way, dead now. Yeah, I mean Gargano had already laid in. A brutal super kick on him mm-hmm. as he went across the ring the first <laughs> time, like yeah. just like that. That actually got a proper pop from the crowd. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh Jesus, yeah, they're, they're not messing around. <laughs> but then they, so then this, so they they have this moment and they're standing in the ring. The audience are chanting DIY, 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 and they don't like shake hands. They don't hug. They don't do anything. Champa just gets out of the ring, and it's all sort of a a cock tease essentially for a DIY reunion. Later in the show. Johnny is outside being interviewed by Kathy Kelly. Mm-hmm. Champa just walks up within the first sentence. So it's like, if you were Kathy Kelly, you would, I'd just be like, well, maybe we don't. Hold on, Tomasa, maybe I'm busy. <laughs> maybe we don't start the interview now. Uh, they start it off and... If, from the car park, he must have already been very close to have interrupted that quickly. She saw him, she was facing him. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, God. Every time I start talking, he comes in and says to Johnny... Um, just want to say thanks so much for helping me out, man. Um, that was really great. Johnny then references something that happened earlier in the show, which is immediately following the section of uh, Tomasa Champa and Johnny hitting the meat in the middle, doing the old DIY pose. Trent Seven pipes up on Twitter, apparently. He was on Twitter. This, this airs at like two in the morning here. It's like he wasn't. No, on... He could be on Twitter. Until he the was morning. at no because I was. I saw Trent Seven last night. You were drunk. I, you don't... <laughs> yeah, I, it could have been anyone. I was in a, looking in a mirror. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Uh, he he tweeted to say if they can stay friends long enough, maybe you could have a match with me and Tyler Bate, Mustache Mountain at Worlds Collide. 
which is a very enticing prospect. But then, so when Tommaso Ciampa walks up, he goes, hey, did you see Trent Seven's tweet there, Tommaso Ciampa? As if in the process of you having been beaten down for off the Undisputed Era, you're now roaming around outside, seemingly hungrily looking for them. You've had a chance to stop and go, ooh, Trent Seven's tweeted. It's a very millennial move. It is a very millennial move. Like a catastrophe happening yeah. in the background while everyone's going, wow. Yeah. I just and then he says, "Oh well, do you, you know, do you want to take him up on that and we we'll reform DIY for old times' sake?" For old times' sake, one more go. Mm. Now they've already had a go fairly recently. They did have a go, well, and they had one on the main, and they had one on the main roster when they yeah. didn't like each other. Yeah, uh, and they were both heels there. Yeah, and then there were faces on the roster, main roster. Uh, I mean, do you think it's a good thing? Because I think I like that. I love the idea of the match. I really want to see DIY take on Mustache Mountain. I'm perfectly happy to have that exist in its own uh, canonical cul-de-sac of, of yes. NXT. Like, I actually prefer them to have not even mentioned it on the show and just be like, this is now a thing. Because I don't feel like the patching up of Johnny and Champa's relationship has truly happened yeah. in front of us. In the sense that we've had like we had the big hug when Johnny wins the championship from Champa. No, sorry, from Cole that first time, and the, you know Champa comes out. And, and that was him. that was really out, that was like non k And that was yeah, that, that was more exactly. of a just a let's just enjoy the moment. Yeah, that, let's us let us all have sort of at least the feeling of a payoff to this storyline we've yeah. been working on for so long. But it's a shame that Champa has to have. Surgery. Well, this this brings into question kind of really, I think is like like I said, very excited for the match. I'm more than happy for Pete for any company to just lay out a series of matches I want to see and mm-hmm. let me watch them. That's fine. The next step to that is obviously building storylines and what they yep. mean and building meaning to those storylines. And Worlds Collide has gone from being, you know, just a a cool event to kind of really, I guess, that acted more as promo for NXT UK <coughs> yeah. than anything. And yes, it got shot for, but like with basically like one camera and just kind of went on YouTube or went on the network and it was and it was cool, interesting, but it didn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. And now it this is now, I think, stepped up into that weird hinterland that things like Starcade and the big Tokyo show a couple of years ago with Kofi and Brock yep. and stuff like that. Where the, they have to promote them on the main show. Yeah. But they mean nothing. But because they're on the main show, they keep putting really meaningful people in them. And so, yeah. what are they for? And so they so uh, now I know you're not gonna like this. I'm gonna make a Star Wars reference. Oh, right, it's like the difference between like Star Wars, Star Wars main canon, and away. Star Wars Legends. Yeah, okay, yeah. So all the video games, all the cartoon series and stuff that build in all the lore and canon outside, but exist it does exist outside of the main movies. Mm-hmm. They are te- they are not canon, but they might as well be. If you know right. what I mean, like it the fills Borg. in. Yeah, no, no, not like the Borg. No. Done it wrong again. So, so stuff like Fallen Order, all oh, right, okay. is it fills a hole that that's left by the movies, but it's not canon. If you don't like Star Wars, you're screwed, right. basically, because you're never going to understand. What so, you're about. what I'm saying is, is the main roster is canon, and what World Collide is like a video game of Star Wars, where it's sort of half canon, half not. Like it feel, like when you're playing the game, it means something. Yeah, but yeah. actually, to the broadest thing, it doesn't mean anything. So actually, what is the point 
of it. Well, so the point of Worlds Collide clearly is that you like to send a, you like to sell a weekender ticket to the Royal Rumble. Well, this is it. Yeah, and that's it. That's what it's there. So you got SmackDown on a Friday. You get your Worlds Collide on a Saturday because you have to have something to do because there's not enough wrestling. Then you get Sunday Royal Rumble and then you get Monday Night Raw. But here's the problem. But but like, isn't the problem with that that what's now happening is at a period of time NXT where they're sort of running out of thread on a few narratives. Mm-hmm. They're now doing that really awkward thing where Champer on the one hand says that Goldie is his life. This whole the whole point mm. of his current arc is there's nothing more important in his life than specifically NXT and specifically that belt. But a tweet from Trent Seven will will happily make him handbrake that <laughs> and just go off for well, a yeah. week I guess and have so, a yeah. tag match. When you put it like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's when I don't really. That's why I think it becomes a little bit counterproductive. I think Trent Seven is a very persuasive man. Uh, Apparently, he's, uh, he's, he's just, tweeting yeah. his arse off. Yeah, he's, it's been, working. I mean, he's been grooming that young Tyler <laughs> for years. Uh, but yeah, but do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that I think that's the problem with it. I have, which is like it's great, but also. It does. It's another. It's yes. another speed bump that these narratives have got to get over. And it's tough. And it's tough within twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Well, this. I think this is the thing to that make that is kind of struggling with at the moment. Is this this uh, push me? The Star Wars analogy like, wasn't helpful. No. What that that's made it more confusing for me, and my brain hurts now. <laughs> but I think the problem with NXT is they are trying to build a weekly show that people are going to watch. That then builds to a thing before the Royal Rumble that they hope people are going to watch because they want the people who watch that to also watch NXT UK. Mm. Then they're also building to NXT TakeOver Portland, which is only a month away after Worlds Collide. So it's just like, it's just this knock-on of constantly trying to be like, be hype! Please be hype! And I think partly the reason why sometimes like you... We keep rating... NXT rates really highly and I think like, I, I think it's a really good show every week. But because it's a really good show every week, I don't get peaks and troughs of emotion. I'm just going like, uh-huh. yeah, I just yeah, expect yeah. it to be like yeah. pretty good every week. And it is like mechanically very good, professionally made. Everyone does their job perfectly. And it's like you're always looking for those glimmers of like, when because I would say like when I don't rate things, I try not to rate it a five star show unless I genuinely think it's like the best thing I've ever seen because otherwise you get into a Dave Meltzer cycle where you're just like seven stars now there are <laughs> yeah. there are 94 stars and then suddenly you're playing Super Mario Odyssey and there's yes. 999 of them and it's like well you, you've just it's all confusing um you should so, do percentages. You can have the fun conversation. But what is the difference between 97 and 96? <laughs> well, yeah, well, exactly, the IGN scale. Uh, but yeah, I just, I think you, you can chuck all that stuff out. And so like NXT just keeps being a four out of five show. Yeah. In my opinion. But that means these things stick out more. Exactly, yeah. And these things, but that's the thing is that I like it to have this sort of coherent storyline. And you, yeah. like you just pointed out, this DIY reunion, actually, while really exciting, and I hope that whatever happens with Moustache Mountain at Worlds Collide pays off in some way to bring Johnny and uh, Champa back into each other's orbit for the inevitable reunion breakup culmination of that feud that they were having yeah. tour that they need to do before NXT, before they move on from NXT, if they ever move on from NXT. I hope that all happens. But at the moment, this sticks out like a sore thumb in the terms of like, this was Champa's story this is what he's been saying for weeks. And those promos are so yeah. good. And also, Gargano is apparently in some blood feud with Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. And him and Finn Balor have now just gone, yeah, no, 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 but hold on. We'll have matches on the Ilya Dragunov wants to go. It's like, what? In your own time. <laughs> like, Balor's promo, he's as apparently as venomous about that yeah. as he is about 
Which he was Johnny. Watching. I liked what he was watching with his little iPad as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. Who? Like he just. Oh, like, that guy. <laughs> he just finished playing like Candy Crush or something. Yeah. It's like got timed out. He's waiting. He's like, well, what am I going to do? I'll watch Helio Juggernaut. It'd be great if it in that clip, loads of Simpsons tapped out notifications <laughs> just kept popping at the top of it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, um, let's sort of wrap up the DIY chat and say, like, do you think it's a good thing? Do you think, uh, I, like, I mean, like, as the wrestling fan, the like the really big wrestling fan of me is just like, I just want to see it happen and I don't really mind. But the, the, the kind of fan that's pushed along by narrative goes, oh, that is clunky. And I would prefer the bit, I would prefer this long, that you've got quite a long build to the next takeover. And I kind of prefer them to work us into a frenzy for Champa yeah. and Cole. Am I excited for the match? Of course I am. Mm-hmm. Am I more excited for this world's club than it was the last one? Of course I am. Does it indicate a broader problem that the WWE largely has, which is that where do these sorts of events sit in the pecking yeah. order? Yes. And that so I just it's sort of like I'm just putting a flag in the ground to say we've noticed that WWE struggles with this elsewhere. So why won't they struggle with where this yeah. Event sits in the also because NXT is going to be in the Rumble and that hasn't been yeah that exactly hasn't been so spoken about I do think enough. it so makes things confusing in a broader sense yeah. but mm. I'm also very excited for it because the rumor for the Rumble is that every show is going to get equal billing I think they will do that so it's going to be Raw ten from Raw ten from SmackDown and ten from NXT and I guess. If they wanted to, they could just have the whole of 205 Live's roster in there. Five more yeah, people. Where, yeah, where 30, the first ever 35-man rumble. Does two, is two, what is 205? Does this we stop yet? We were having this conversation last night and just going... D- it's not is on. It, is it on? I don't know. Let us know, let us, <laughs> let us know in the comments if 205 Live still exists. That would be really great to know. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Uh, let's have a look at Super Chats that have come in. Start Recording says, do you think there'll be any NXT UK stars in the Rumble? I could see someone like Tyler Bate in there, possibly. Yeah, but probably... I could, I early, could, early gets like he'll do a spin, spins a couple of people like that you weren't expecting, like of certain sizes. Like he yeah. work up, he sort of do like the Russian doll of uh, airplane yeah. spins. If Carly gets a gets <laughs> gets a walk down, I want to see Tyler Bates spin the great Carly. <laughs> I'm into that. Uh, Jobber JJ says Lee got taken out and later he was fine. Knox randomly announced back, and I'm supposed to care. Surely save the Lee strong match at take for takeover, not next week. So I think there's an argument to make for that stuff. So, I mean, we haven't spoken about it yet, but this is going to be my main takeaway from the Lee stuff, which was that he got what was apparently, what is normally a pretty horrific thing to happen to your leg. And even by the end of the segment, he walked it off. Yeah. And, Ka- and Kathy Kelly was like outside the medical room being like, oh, I need to, need to go in and check in on Keith Lee. We're just going to get a medical update. It's like, he's probably not in there. Yeah. He's gone out. He's walking around the car <laughs> he's park. He's walking around fine. He's walked it off. And he's beautiful trainers. Oh, he did have good he trainers had on. Stunning trainers on. Uh, yeah, and I, I think we'll, we'll go more into yeah. the Tegan Knox thing and, and also sort of the underplaying of people's seeming debuts and returns yeah. on this show um, in a bit. Timono Zumaki says Belair nice. winning makes sense to me. Shirai will get the title down the line in spring, summer, I think. And Belair has the looks and the swagger of a star. I think Belair's the right choice here because I don't think Rhea Ripley's losing at Portland. Mm-hmm. And I think Bianca Belair gets a good match out of people um, and is that sort of level of a star who can take a loss. I think Io exactly. Shirai can't lose another women's title mm. match without... I, don't, I think she needs to win the next yeah. time she generally speaking, match. Generally speaking, NXT, title reigns run long and people, people who are sort of getting into that spot, mm-hmm. get a bite at the cherry, fail and have a longer comeback story involving yep. another contender. It, it's, it's a formula that works... I'm fully invested. I think Belair is exactly the kind of person who can have a great match, come mm-hmm. out looking really strong, but ultimately this time lose yeah. and come back later on down the line. Yeah, and I think because that <coughs> that's interesting as well because that is the old that is the old NXT formula of obviously Am I like short? probably not hot shotting the there belt is obviously like a that was NXT's kind of standard formula unless uh, there were sort of circumstances that led them to have to. I guess with weekly TV now though, the, you know there has to be some degree of change on a sort of more regular basis because you need to make the TV show feel like exciting and you can't always just have all the big changes happen on pay-per-view and they've all I mean they've already done it with the cruiserweight title I know the cruiserweight title isn't as important but you know Leo Rush won it on the first in the first two weeks yeah of uh NXT being on USA and within a month Angel Garza had won it in kind of quite a shock win I think that's I do think that calls back to kind of what that sort of title is useful. Like, I th- like in the early days of the cruiserweights on WCW, they did that a lot. That you know, it, to give it some extra shine on TV, they would put the belt on the line quite a lot. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's how that's how it should work, really. You know, the, as the lower the belt, the more it gets defended, the more it chops and changes, and the higher it goes, the more you, you know, have one champion. You know, yeah, you know, t- you know, take that what you will to mean for the twenty four seven title. <laughs> yeah, R-, <laughs> R Truth got an iron grip on yeah. that thing. I think technically R Truth got pinned by the twenty four seven title. So it's it's because when, when Brock now. threw on it, threw it on him, a ref should have come in and counted yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and then it, then it takes on a line of its yeah. own. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and start recording before we go into the rest of the show. Says I'd really like to see Leo Rush versus Rey Mysterio. Also, Keith Lee should pounce Lesnar out of the Rumble. Do it, WWE, you cowards. 
Uh, uh, is I don't there think that's happening? Is there? Is there anything that Keith Lee can't pounce? No, but I do week, think he pounced a man through a bush. He did. He bushed a guy. That he is did, true. He bushed a guy. Um, I think if he's going to do anything with anyone, it'll be a Roman to repeat the. Mm. I think they're going to trail. I think if they're going to do something because they they love a rumble well, face off. If he gets the big, if he gets if he gets Roman out of the rumble, well, let's not go too far. But w I think he'll get the. And then he loses to Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know they love a little rumble face off. I think if there's anyone, if if Keithy's going to have any kind of significant <coughs> moment with a with a. Uh, main roster style will be another thing with Roman Reigns because of the Survivor Series thing. Mm -hmm. That'd be my prediction. Speaking of Keith Lee, Keith Lee opened the show uh, on NXT this week, coming out to cut a promo about how he's now the number one contender to the North American yeah. title, and you can bask as you wish. Um, he said that the Undisputed Era had a great 2019. They've already had a good 2020 so far, beating everyone down. But they have reached their peak. They've reached their limit. Whereas I, I'm limitless. Mm -hmm. Good promo. Good promo. This is, I think, like Keith Lee's such a good talker. He he sells a promo. He's got a cadence and a rhythm to the way he talks that's really unique, which is the same. Yeah, thing. he does. Like, it's it's all that same stuff that like the Rock had, like the the way of Rock's talking was only you just go well that's could only be the rock yeah. doing a promo i think what i like dwayne johnson the man doesn't even talk like yeah. the rock you know like keep like there's not a lot of guys who's who are really well spoken yeah and keith Lee's really well spoken like calm. He's, yeah i really like i really like his promo style he's like he said, he's got a really unique voice i think you know now his promos are very simple and they're just 20 seconds of sort of babyface obvious babyfacing until a catchphrase which is absolutely fine mm -hmm. but yeah he's he's definitely staying within the limits and it is so difficult nowadays to do babyface promos because yeah. you've either got to be essentially so aggressive that you might as well be a heel the heels get cheered now or you've got to be really funny and it's really hard to be funny whilst not yeah. Being, so like he uh, Keith Lee's thing is just sneaking in gaming references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is it. Yeah, unlocked. yeah like, exactly. Yeah. Does, you know. So I think I, I think he's actually got quite a tricky sort of avenue to dance down for promo promo wise. But I think he does really well at it. And I think, like I said, I think his his delivery is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I really I really enjoyed that promo. And he is and he's so over that people are just lapping it yeah. up. And I think that's that's all you can want from people. People just people just want to sing the Keith Lee songs. Like people just want to. Chant bask in your glory. And also, his entrance music is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, we really complained. When he first debuted and he had really bad music, yeah. me and Luke complained every week. And then we were just like, oh my God, thank God they yes. changed the music. Yeah. It makes him feel like a star. Uh, speaking of stars, four of them come out at this point, And it's the Undisputed Era who say that, have you seen what we did to Dream? Do you see what we did to Imperium? Do you see what we did to Champa? Well, you're next, mate. And they yeah. run in the ring and they start beating him down. Keith manages to fight all of them off for a good while until Roddy gets a chair, takes a little chair shot to the back of the leg, plonks it between the sort of the, the seat and the thingamajig and then just stomps it into the ground yeah. from the second turnbuckle. To apparently no effect whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I did, what like, I liked, oh my God. Yeah. What I liked about it, just to go back a little bit, mm -hmm. what I really liked about what um, Undisputed Era did is normally they... For the last few weeks, what they've when they've done this promo, it's been quite um it's sort of gone on quite a while before <coughs> they've decided to and this before they decided to do any actual fighting. Mm -hmm. Whereas this time 
They sort of interrupted their own promo. Just went, oh, you dummy. Yeah. And just ran in. I think buoyed by their own success. They've, yeah. got, they've beaten down Walter now. I love they're how probably ju- just like, yeah. we could take someone. I just love how juvenile their insults are. You dummy. You dummy. And, yeah. then just, and then they all just piled in. And went, I just love the sort of, like, it was a proper, like, it was a real pace change from how they normally do that mm. segment. And yet they've done this segment. There's been many versions of this segment that mm-hmm. between Champa Lee, Gargano, even going back to... Uh, Riddle, you know, mm. like all these guys have had this segment with the Undisputed Era over the last few months. Yeah, but it, they're keeping it fresh, and just by doing that, they came out a bit more aggressively, a bit more weird. <laughs> like, yeah, I just... like the fact that not one of them, like not one of the people they've beaten down, has put together the the idea that maybe you should just like if all of us get together, if we get Imperium over here, we'll fly Imperium over. Keith Lee, Champa, Riddle, Johnny, we'll all team up. And there's only four of them. Yeah, but it's fine because the other, because the, the, the other Baby thing faces are dumb. Is it's yeah, that is true. It, but one of the limitless things about Keith Lee is obviously his ankles. Yeah, because he was by the end of the segment he was barely limping. No, see, I I thought that I thought that in the segment I I felt the injury was sold enough. I I sort of like so Champa runs down, scares off the undisputed era, and he helps Keith Lee to his feet. At this point, I was like, okay, well this this adds interest and intrigue to next week because next like when i heard keith lee's getting a run at roddy without the cover of dominic dijakovic being in the match to be like well they're obviously just gonna fight and roddy's gonna steal the win with nowhere to go i just was like well keith lee's gonna win at least having the sort of injury on the table now suggests that there's but, a way out for roddy but the the, the slightly that an ankle lock is one of his moves. Yeah, that, I know, I understand that. But like the problem is, is by the end of the show, after he's bushed a guy, thrown a bunch of people around, the, on commentary they're still going, "How's his ankle going to be?" It's like, yeah. well, probably fine. Yeah. By the sound, by the looks of it, he's got a really he, strong cause, base because he's just beating up another five people. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's fine. Like so, that's a he did hit that he, guy he like a freight train. Yeah, he could have. I think it would have been interesting if, like, out of nowhere, they got his ankle again on the way out. Yeah. Just to like make sure that we were very like if you missed the first five minutes of the show, you wouldn't know anything about the ankle. Mm, There's no evidence to suggest that he had a bad ankle. I think that's a that so they could have sold that a little bit better. Fair enough. Uh, so confer- then we got a confirmation that at Takeover Portland, uh, Balor and Gargano will have the match that they've been teasing and we're talking about last week. Then we got the fact we got told the fact that Tegan Knox has returned to NXT for the Battle Royal. This felt very undersold. In I, I thought this was going to be reintroduced much bigger when Tegan Knox returned. But then I guess they were probably hoping that Dakota Kai would be over as a heel more than maybe she is. But also, ultimately, that storyline was that was kind of hot shot. That storyline a little bit mm-hmm. like it that was shot higher up the card very quickly, kind of leading up to Wargate. So I think also it just simply doesn't have that <coughs> yeah that level of intrigue. Well, it doesn't. It's true. No. You know, so I think it's it kind of it landed as much as it could. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. It's not. I don't think it's supposed to have the same effect as like a proper big. It doesn't even matter though as well because like Dakota Kai might not like Tegan Knox, but Tegan Knox has got a new best friend. It's Candice LeRae, standing oh, best friend for everyone. Yeah, everyone's best friend. Kyrie Sane's leaving. Don't worry. Yeah. Candice is here. <laughs> you can have a Candice. Dakota Kai betrays you. Have a Candice. Yeah. Just. I yeah, so she she gets interviewed and Candice runs in, gives her a big hug, which I which was weird. Yeah, so like she she's been if she's been at the performance center, you've seen her every day. So. <laughs> also, it's like it, it was 
I don't know. I think I think like she I was, that, in the interview, she sort of saw it coming. So the interview was obviously going nowhere, and then that kind of big hug happened. Yeah, I felt like they were baiting the idea that she was going to get attacked by Dakota immediately. That's what yeah, I thought was happening. Yeah, I, I thought they mean, were yeah. trying to play on your like expectations of like normally people get jumped here, and then she does get jumped, but it's by a hug. Yeah. Aha. This was at least at least this was an interview though, I because will smother you with love. Because when they cut to the other uh, women getting ready, mm-hmm. it's it's still that weird like hanging one of their banners from a wall and then them pretending the camera's not there, but the camera's really close enough yeah, to them. Yeah. I still don't like those. I think they need to stop because they're, they're weird. So what, what are you going to do? That's like, it's a thing they, they cottoned on to the last couple of months and they were just like, this is what we do now. This is, this is the way you do. Because also they don't think about, I guess before, because they pre-recorded all their, everything that went in the show. So they had more time to be like, let's do this here. Now they just plaster something in the locker room and go like, just walk up and down. Yeah. Walk up and down. Uh, anyway, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle then took on uh, Mark Andrews and yeah. Flash Morgan Webster. Me and Flash <laughs> Morgan Webster. This was an amazing match. This was really This cool. was like really awesome. And I thought uh, Southwest Subculture made themselves look awesome here. They were given mm-hmm. so much time by uh, Dunne and Riddle to get their stuff in. And it didn't start that way. It started, as you would imagine, with Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle just controlling the entire match. And then there was this hot tag to Mark Andrews where... He got into the ring, slid on his knees under a pair of clothes. Because he's a rock star. Did a double back somersault, like, like a one Pele back, kick. Yeah, a double Pele kick somersault thing. He then sort of did this weird uh, teddy bear roll, roly-poly on Pete Dunne that then monkey flipped him into Riddle and he hits this huge tornado DT. Yeah. It was awesome. Like There were so many clever bits of stuff that... Uh, Webster and Andrews were doing together. Yeah, it was great. They just they looked amazing in defeat, obviously. But like, and then and I thought what was also interesting was like I was like, oh, not another Franken team. Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. They were a proper team. They were a proper team. They, they had, had matching en- gear. Yeah, they had an entrance. They uh, shared they, the tag team moves. They, they had combined. They, they their combined move. their yeah. moves in clever ways. I loved the um, the one where I think it was it was an Xplex. So Pete Dunne hits an Xplex, but it flips him up. Riddle catches him, power bomb, yeah. does the flip over for the knee, and Pete Dunne also does his kick to the head yeah. thing. I Very cool. It was really, really cool. Yeah. And I'm excited. Like, I mean, I feel like they're going to win, but I'm excited. Oh, you think they're going to win the whole thing? I, well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about uh, what I think ha- what I think's happening next week in the semifinals. Okay. When we get to uh, the Grizzled Young Vets match. All right. Um, Great match, though. Yeah, yeah I thought everyone just, came out looking great. I loved... Um, the uh, Gotch, whatever he calls it, driver thing. The on Bo the, Derek. Yeah, on, Derek. on the yeah. Um, on the outside. Off, yeah, catches him, flips him upside down, does it on the outside. Yeah. That was in the finish. There was another really good bit that I really enjoyed uh, from Southwest Subculture. And I, it wasn't even like one of their most high-flying spots. But there was a bit where Webster gets a roll-up and Andrews was springboarding in. But he just springboards over and blocks Yes, he lands in, yeah. So he lands in between, I think it was uh, Pete Dunne and the pin. And just yeah. blocks it, and Pete Dunne has to shove him into it. He I thought punched it was really him. Really clever, yeah. He did it. He did a big forearm, and he flew him back. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah, that was, was a great. I spot. just thought it was really clever. Yeah. It was really smart. Uh, it was such a fun match. Uh, the, the finish match, was the, match of the night, easy. Yeah, and the finish was a, a bitter end combo move, and the Bros awaits win, and they both yeah. did their big shrug, which seems to be their thing now. Yeah, 
I loved it. I think if, if you're going to watch one thing from NXT, watch that. Watch that. It's an incredible match. Um, it's actually one. It's actually one of the better matches that's been on there for a while. It yeah. really is. Mm. Really, really good. It went really long as well. They had like yeah, it was good. 20 first minutes, like yeah, twenty minutes. 20 minutes, minutes yeah. Uh, we then got a recap of the attack on Imperium and a backstage clip of Walter cutting a promo in what I'm assuming is Austrian, uh, as people <laughs> went, what? Yeah. Alexander Wolf was also speaking, but I assume he was speaking. German. Quite a lot of language stuff because. Um, Angel Gaza yeah, did, did a lot of did a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, it's they think it's a heel thing, so they just mm. go like just talk it like Shirai does it all the time. Yeah. Right? Just like just talking your own language. That's what heels do. Um because you get what chance. Uh Kathy Kelly was after the medical update on Keith Lee, and then Tommaso Ciampa came out to do his promo, saying essentially, Adam Cole, you stole my life. What I liked about this promo though was that he delivered it all straight down the lens. Yeah. With like real intensity. I think he's a great. He's an amazing promo, mm. and he somehow manages to bring the heelish aspects that made I think modern Champa such a big deal. Like our post Johnny Gargano, he manages to bring most of that into being a babyface now. Yeah, well, he's injured because he's essentially he's got music that goes like, "No one will survive." Yeah. I was like, "But love me." Yeah, it's. I think. I think what he's cleverly done is basically by personifying the title. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you just if you just took all his attitude and all his like desire and like drive that he had to just destroy Johnny Gargano, mm-hmm. he's channeled all of that into getting the belt, which is actually very faceish. Yeah, to just be totally focused, but he's obviously doing it in a slightly more maniacal, weird way, an aggressive way. But because it's so focused on the belt and the and he's got the belt over as a character, I think I think it really. It's just one of those unique sort of confluences of sort mm-hmm. of vibe and character that is just really working. I love his what he's doing now. So I think it's fantastic. That, so you're saying you think the Tommaso Ciampa character would be just as focused on anything? Like if he just had a different hobby? Like Yeah, like, if he was really into model trains. Or like woodworking or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd have the biggest stamp collection of yeah. all time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think... Stampy! <laughs> I, think I think he's great. I, I think he's... He is just going to be the champion. Like, he He's awesome. Be, he should be champion soon and do something else with Undisputed Era because as much as I love them, I do feel like this four-person reign has made NXT feel a bit weird in this, what feels like quite a boom period for them yeah. as well. Yeah, as much as, as much as I constantly talk about what I think Undisputed Era really could do with this, well, I mean, a woman would be, is kind of, mm-hmm. the ob- is obvious. A woman? But also, also especially considering how great the women's division is, it's actually yep. quite surprising they haven't done something. Yeah. But that's by the by. That's so that's one thing they need. <coughs> but in terms of restructuring, like what they currently have, I kind of think because we talked about Balor before, but I think Champa is the only one who I could really see booting Cole out mm. and assuming that leadership. That role. leadership, if they don't want to take the whole era. To the main roster, yeah, I could. That's he's kind of the only one. For some, I don't, there's something about his because the gold. I mean, just the gold thing makes sense, mm-hmm. just in a sort of very sort of superficial way. But also, way, yeah. but also, that they actually share a common goal, mm-hmm. and they would have common enemies. So yeah. I can't. So that it doesn't. He's in a way I can see booting mm-hmm. if they if they wanted to move Cole out singularly. Yeah, that would make sense to me way more than like Balor or anyone else would. Mm. It's an interesting proposition to put on the table. I never really thought about that. I'm more sort of just feel like they should. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I think I've come round to the idea that they should just remain as a that four man unit, and there's no other version of it. Like, I don't think they can go to the main roster all being that size. They need muscle. 
yeah. they go to the main roster, that's that's my just view. Buying protein powder. I'm sure they're on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the next match was Alex Shelley and Kushida versus the Grizzled Young yeah. Veterans. Uh, Alex Zach Shelley Gibson has and James not, not only is he a time splitter, he's a time traveller because he looks exactly the same age he was when I was watching him be awesome hey, in TNA. Look, My Chemical Romance are back. Alex Shelley <laughs> is back as well in the exact same way he's always been. He's, I mean, I'm just a massive fan of Alex Shelley. Yeah, <laughs> so I know, I, I'm yeah. just, I, I was just I very, very, very excited. I thought it was really, really obvious they were going to lose. Yeah. From the get-go. Mm-hmm. But, so you, thought this, you thought, so you thought this was a one-time... Yes. You thought this was a one-and-done kind of, like, pop the crowd, have a bit of a yeah, reunion. like when Liger turned up. Yeah, exactly. However, it's been said on... They they cut a back, one of those backstage NXT follow-up promos, and uh, Shelley cut the promo saying, like, we're putting the tag division... We may have lost this one, but we're putting the tag division on blast, on notice... Time splitters, well, they didn't say time splitters, but we're here and we're going to take you all on. So it seems like Alex Shelley is sticking around in NXT. That would be very, very cool. And he is exactly the kind of presence I think that NXT really benefits from, mm-hmm. particularly to get over someone like Kushida. Yeah. Well, it's, and also, yeah, like Kushida, they, like, they need tag teams desperately. They desperately need and tag they, teams. And Kushida and Alex Shelley are a tenured tag team with lots of titles under their belts. There's also the baked in, as Mara said on commentary, the baked in storyline that they lost the IW, IWGP junior heavyweight tag belts to Fish and O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. So, course, yeah. The, the, and that, that also played into this match is the fact that, like, I was sitting there thinking, well, I was also of the opinion that this was going to be a one and done kind of deal. But when you see the brackets and Undisputed Era is in the same bracket as, as Time Splitters, you, oh, you thought you were going to do, do that. Right. However, I'm now thinking take over Portland. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that's kind of where, like, that's where my head is at on this. Well, this, is, a, this, this is why. If they are going to start hiring tag teams, which they obviously desperately need to do, uh, or creating tag teams, uh, this is actually the perfect chance for someone like Kushida, who, because of his injury and stuff, had a slightly faltering mm-hmm. single start. And also then just went in with Walter. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Um, you can now, whoever is just a team of note, can just be the number one contender mm-hmm. because there's no one else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Like, you might as well. The line is you know, long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that would be very cool. Uh, maybe they'll do some kind of number one contendery thing with uh, Forgotten Sons mm-hmm. or something like that. It feels like Forgotten It feels like the Forgotten Sons are going to be. They're going to be the people who are going to take the loss to whoever is going to challenge for the tag team belts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's sort of their role now, in a way. Yeah, they're the filler tag team. And yeah. then Jack, because Jackson Riker. Never enters himself into the match, which is what the, what they would win more if they put the muscle man in the match. Like they keep being like it's it's Blake and Cutler are the tag team, and Jackson Reich is just on the outside. And he's the muscle, just enforcing with his bootcut jeans. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't I don't know what the Forgotten Sons is. I like I I thought Jackson Riker was the was in charge, but it seems like he's just no. He was never in charge. He seemed like he was in charge. No, Blake's in charge. You think? Yeah, Blake and Cutler might be in charge. I think Blake's the leader. Mm. No? Blake's the leader here. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, this was, I, this, again, this wasn't like up to the standard of uh, the Broserweight versus Southwest subculture match, but it was. I think it was better than the matches last week for the Dusty mm. Classic. Um, 
Grizzled Young Vets are great. Grizzled Young Vets are amazing. What, and I, also, what I do like about them as well is what they did earlier. They did it a few times in the match. I've not noticed them. I've not seen them for a while. So mm-hmm. I've not watched loads of NXT UK. But um, the thing where... Um, Drake goes on the turnbuckle. On the turnbuckle to what I believe is to imbue Gibson with some more man. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. then he launches himself now twice the man. Yeah, because he pinged off his muscles. He That's pinged off his muscles. Yeah. He got imbued with man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, he touched, he t- Is that how it works? If you touch the glorious hair of James Drake, yeah. you are given the powers of Samson for mere seconds. Yes. And so he has to constantly yeah. be on the turnbuckles. Yeah. But I like the I like the idea that this was this was a match in which uh, Drake and Gibson were outsped at every turn yes. by Shelley and Kushida, who were just doing flips all over the place. They did the uh, Kushida did his amazing handspring double kick thing in the corner, knocking them both off. They both jumped to the outside over the top rope onto them. There was loads of just general flippery. But Gibson and Drake's tag team fundamentals basically wore them down. Mm-hmm. They they had they were covering each other's backs with those like sort of lying across the turnbuckle moves. They were working in all these uh quick tags and tag team just generally breaking them down. And then they also started to step the pace up. So there was a point where, like, I think quite early on, um, you had like uh, a drop toe hold into a basement drop kick. This is Shelley. So Shelley hits a drop toe hold, Kashida basement drop kick. Shelley then grabs the arm, puts on a wrist lock, as then Kashida punt kicks the arm. Mm. And then there was a nice bit of like almost mirroring of that exact spot where the grizzled young vets did a drop kick to the knee, drop kick to the face. Yes. And then. Drake leaps off Gibson's back to drop kick Shelley off the apron. Mm. I just thought like they were just they they just did all of this. They sort of mirrored each other quite well. Yeah, two they had really good chemistry and had very complimentary styles. In the, and, yeah. and it told a really good story of they you know these guys can't keep up, but they are wily and they they are able to you know the finish coming as Kashida goes to climb because there's been huge kick out and Gibson just shoves him off the turnbuckle yeah. and that gives them the chance to hit their finisher. And pick up the win. Like. That's that sort of um, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what you'd call the sort of style of like the time splitters. That kind, I guess it just on the face of it, it's a kind of um, like two thousands American indie sort of pioneered by the likes of Shelley, mm. mixed with that sort of New Japan sort of hard hitting. So yeah, yeah, it was like complicated arm bars into like super hard drop kicks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But the great thing about mixing that with the British guys. Is that whether they're big or small, they all do work that aggressive, often ground-based style that is slick and has lots of talk, like talking holds and whatever. And those two styles mesh really, really well because mm-hmm. the pace goes up and down, mm. and it, you know, like the the smaller guys get grounded, but then they pop up and they, you know, it's a it, there's something about the meshing of those two styles. I think often does work really, really well. And I think these guys, yeah, you know, uh, there's there's. I, between these four, there's definitely a better match than what they had oh, yeah, this time. Oh, a much bigger match. But, yeah. but for a... Uh, hey, let's just... It was... Le- and the interesting thing about that was actually it was less of a showcase of the time splitters than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Which was interesting. And then um, and at the end with Gibson's promo, yeah, they, it was interesting seeing them really putting them over rather than... Yeah. Well, that, well so that's but. the thing. So, like, Gibson's obviously had big pushes in NXT UK as a single star like in the he's really in the, I, in he's the, in the second United Kingdom tournament that he yeah. was uh, he was going through it basically as the counterpoint heel to yeah. Pete Dunne yeah you know like when so Pete when Pete Dunne did his big sort of heel push in the first one uh, eventually losing to Tyler Bay 
Gibson basically did that through the second one and beat everyone with the Shankly Gates. And then um, here, they, they are just being like, well, this is the heel team for um, Worlds Collide. I'm assuming Worlds Collide is where the final's happening. It's kind of... Yeah. Is that, that's my assumption, and that's why I think next week's a bit of a foregone conclusion, because next week it's Undisputed Era versus Grizzled Young Vets, and Imperium versus the other ones. Who are the other ones? Forgotten Sons won, didn't they? No. Uh, Imperium beat Forgotten Sons. Gallus? No, Gallus lost. So Gallus lost to somebody. Who is it? They lost. The, I thought they lost Maybe to Forgotten, Forgotten Sons. Sons. I yeah. don't know. Can't remember. Let us know in the comments again, because I, I genuinely can't keep track. But whoever is... Um, it's got to be an NXT team as well. Oh, no, it's the Broserweights, obviously. Oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. Broserweights. It'll be, I think it's going to be Broserweights versus the Grizzled Young Vets in the final, because Imperium and Undisputed Era have already been booked for a four-on-four match at Worlds Collide. So they're not going to do. Yeah. They're not going to. Neither of them are going to be in the final. Wrestling. Of the Dusty <laughs> Classic, are they? Like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. So you kind of. But that is that is a very tantalizing finale yeah. to build to, and I'm 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 really excited to see that match. But and that's why you start building Gibson and Drake here as the heels to go up against the uber baby faces. But also, Gibson and Pete Dunne have yeah. history, and they had that they've had matches at, on big stages for NXT. Yeah. So I, I think yeah I think that's a really good thing. Like the the promo was great. I like the fact that people in the crowd knew of Gibson and they knew of the shoes off and, if you hate Gibson thing. Yeah, he, yeah. he reacted to it like, oh, this again. Yeah. Like, But I thought what was also great about it is he's, uh, I really, really rate Gibson, particularly mm-hmm. as a talker. I just think he's brilliant. Uh, as a heel promo, I just think he's awesome. And so even even though the, the whole crowd didn't know much about him, I think they've probably, they would have seen a, 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 a <coughs> a fairly educated NXT crowd would have seen him at some point, I think. Would remember him yeah. popping up. But um, he got them booing them again. Yeah. Uh, off his own village. Just his, as soon as he picks them up, as soon as he starts talking, you just know he's a heel. Yeah. And I just think it's quite... He just really embodies that in a way that he can, he can really piss off a crowd, basically, yeah, really quickly. Was, I think he's great at and that. And it was a really good needling of NXT specifically because... You know, not only have they just pinned Alex Shelley, who everyone was really excited for turning up and beating Kushida's team in this tournament. He then picks up the mic and he says, like, I'm not going to stand here while you hipster full sale crowd pretend to know who these guys are, which I think is a fair enough claim. Like, and and then he says, this is my favorite line where he goes like, you are a great tag team. Of the past, yeah, just just a brilliant bit of pausing. Like it was, it was so good. And then they go into their the grizzled young veterans, you know, soon to be Dusty Cup winners and stuff. Like I, I've got they've got rhythm. They've got things that they, yeah. like, they've got. I like how um, Drake mouthed the whole promo. Yeah, along with <laughs> along with Gibson for some reason. I don't know why he, he did does that. that most of the time. <laughs> it's just like, like, really I funny. Like it. Yeah, but it's like because that's their. But even that's the, their no, t- no. But even the bit that I thought wasn't really for him to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even the first bit, he was like mouthing bits of it. It's like have you just been like in the room with him practicing this. Yeah, and he just, just loves it. Yeah, he just loves it. Just thought it was a great speech. I, 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 I just think they're fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing them go forward. And I, I think they're the sort of people that you want to build as big stars for NXT UK. If I think they could be there. huge. And I think I think I think I think Drake has got a lot of potential mm-hmm. on, of his, on his own right as a singles yeah. competitor as well. I think that they could. But I feel like Zach Gibbs is the kind of guy who you could bring into NXT. Um, 
and straight away he could be so let's say let's say when the era have gone mm-hmm. in some way or they've split up or whatever if any if there's any time a heel void at the top of NXT, I think you could insert him in there mm-hmm. almost instantly and he could really take on that mantle like mm-hmm. he's that good at it and I do think that that vacuum is on the horizon yeah at some point oh yeah Maybe maybe next week. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It could be sooner <laughs> than we believe. Yeah. We then saw Chelsea Green and Robert Stone of the Robert Stone brand uh, walking about backstage. Um, it is a faction. It is a faction. <laughs> hashtag is a faction. Hashtag, hashtag <laughs> will a faction. be a faction. Yeah. You can't have a brand of just two people no. that, does, that doesn't explain itself. They then, so like, he was walking about backstage and he said, the NXT Women's Division is the best it's ever been, but Chelsea Green is better than the best. So that's why... I'm pulling her out of the battle royal later in the evening. Perfect sense. Makes perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect sense. It's um, it's building. He's, he's doing a supreme thing. He's he's restricting, he's restricting the stock to yeah. increase demand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's tanking oil prices essentially. Yeah. That's it. You know. He's, or the opposite of that. He's yeah. Putting doing a run on them. I think I, I um. I'll be honest, I don't really get what's happening here. <laughs> like, no. Like, it didn't help that they also, like, car, they also got into a car that, to me, just said Team America. So I was like, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just yeah, thought yeah, he was going to yeah. close the door and just be like, now suck my <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strangely aborted sort of uh, debut mm-hmm. for Chelsea Green. I mean, it's one of those weird ones. She isn't injured, but this is the kind of debut that happens sometimes when someone's injured. Yeah. They, they sort of need them on TV. Mm. It's 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 a strange thing that's happening. I don't know why. If you were going to do this, I don't know why you wouldn't just hold off for a couple of weeks and actually have a brand slash yeah. faction just turn up. I don't yeah. get. I don't really get what the point is in in um, sort of softening the intrigue yeah. of Chelsea Green. She's she's the only one suffering here. Yeah. Robert Stone gets to just blather on about his brand. And probably who the people are. And who people are. But like Chelsea Green has to just kind of stand there and just take it in a way that I don't think is actually benefiting her that much. She isn't I don't think this is the intention of this is to make her seem special or whatever, or at least delusionally believe she's special, I guess is the other way of reading it. Uh-huh. But I think I actually think the opposite's happening. Because look how jam packed and awesome and over the women's division already is. Yeah, yeah. So I actually don't think it's working in the way they sort of intended. I think weirdly with NXT, the, the longer it takes for you to wrestle, the less people are interested usually. Yeah, that's a good point. You actually, know, unless yeah. they already know who you are. Yeah. They're not going to be like, you could argue you could argue Zia Lee is already is, is is more over than Chelsea Green. Even though Chelsea Green is a bigger name. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would would argue that too. Uh, You then see Balor uh, watching his little iPad of Dragunov and building that match for Worlds Collide. He said, uh, let me give you a bit of advice from the Prince. If you come for Finn, you better not miss. Um, We then had a match between Leah Rush, Tyler Breeze and Swerve for a uh, position in the Fatal 4-Way to determine the Cruiserweight Champion at Worlds Collide. No, isn't... Isn't it to, 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 isn't that for the number one contender for the no no oh this is for that that is, will be is, for yeah, the so title this is this is to put you into the three person occupied number one contendership spot because there'll be two guys from NXT UK in the match oh okay got it um, uh, also complete with Angel Garza almost single handedly ruining commentary 
Yeah. Well, so no, Angel Garza, like, so Angel Garza was doing his promo in Spanish, and Beth and Mara were basically doing what chants to him. They were just going, "What are you talking?" I know, but they kept interrupting him. It was so like, just let him like finish. Yeah. He never. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think this worked. They didn't. It really made me laugh when he when he made when he when um when he first sat down and Mara said, "Oh, it's Angel Garza," and he went, "No, no, no, it's." Angel Gaza. I really like correct. Yeah, like really corrected him immediately. Um, very handsome man. Yeah, I think he's great. Um, I thought when, when this match began and Swerve came out with new music and a new Titan Tron, I went, mm, I know who's going over. Oh, yeah, that's like, a good point. He, yeah, I was like, mm, he's getting a push, isn't yeah. he? So yeah, and I, I think he's sort of the right. I think he's the right person to put into a yeah. Fatal Four Way. He's going to do some fantastic stuff. Um, the match itself is a lot of fun. It's a it's a classic cruiserweight match. I don't think Tyler Breeze gets as good a showing as Swerve and Leo Rush did. They did a lot of really cool stuff together and these amazing face-off moments that the crowd were really, really behind. There was an amazing bit where uh, Swerve tries to rush down Leo on the apron and Leo moonsaults off the apron, but Swerve jumps the top rope and flips and they land yeah, facing yeah. each other outside. So it's like the ricochet promo with Velveteen Dream turn up to 11 because yeah. it's also a salt. <laughs> um, do you think <coughs> do you think with Tyler in this because I mean I thought yeah he was he was in control at the start and yeah I mean he's great mm-hmm. do you think what they see with him now because he's taken on that sort of mentorship role at NXT yeah. do you think what they see with him is the sort of Daniel Bryan Tommy Dreamer <laughs> we're just going to have him not like not get the big shot for ages and then when he finally does it'll be this incredible yeah i kind of think that's like if there's ever even like uh like we took we talk about this kind of hinterland of uh what will happen when a bunch of these guys all move up which probably will happen this year at some point probably sooner than you we think imagine the main there's happens. gonna be some pretty wholesale change quite quickly this year mm-hmm. i think so when that happens like is there in a year's time have you got like that's that really long build story of him finally getting a shot of the big big one yeah i think i think that's in the i think one. yeah i think i think they've got that definitely in their back pocket as like a as like a long-term yeah. story for him i think it would really work for him the shame of that give is, him the camera back though yeah yeah, have yeah. It this week but the shame of that is is you do have to sort of just take it for a year or two yeah which is a but shame, very, but, but Tyler Breeze is very good at making other people look good, and he is very good. He at did other in this match. He, he he was on the receiving end of Leo. You know the the classic. I'm going to use your foot as a weapon spot, which Leo Rush and Swerve did with each other, and he took all the sort of spinning kicks that you could possibly imagine, and he took the pinfall with the JML driver yeah. from Swerve. Now talking to main roster, but Rush also hit like four finishes in this match. He hit I two liked, final hours did, and yeah. the come up a couple of times. His his splash is wicked. Yeah, like to make. Obviously, he's probably one of the smallest guys in the whole company, but makes that splash look really impactful. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool. But um, that JML driver, yeah, JML driver, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Um, I mean, at JBL. Yeah, talking of main roster, I mean, you got to nip that finisher in the bud. Like, yeah. what? Like, is he? Who's he going to do that to? Oh yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But that's like, why he's got the house call. That's the, the yeah. house calls his main. Because he did finisher. that, but those things. But no, but he did that quite early on and didn't even pin. Yeah, I know, but he does, he's finished quite a lot of match. He's finished all these other matches in NXT with that move. So. Yeah, he has. But I think that was that felt like a. This is my finisher now because it got mm. it got the call by Mario. It got yeah, the finish. Like, yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how. But if he's going to be a cruiserweight, if he's going to if he's going to stay cruiserweight forever, yeah. then he'll be alright. It's a good little match. It's a cruiserweight match. It didn't. It felt like it kind of came out of nowhere yeah. and didn't really have any build or doesn't really build to it. It's going to build to yet another sort of. This is how we kick off a pay per view style thing cruiserweight Sorry. match, which is four guys go out there and kill themselves for very little acclaim. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we then had a little promo from Rhea Ripley who says the nightmare's here. Tony wants to cut the queue at Worlds Collide, but that's fine, essentially. It wasn't amazing talking from Rhea Ripley, but it's, it's, well, but it's building... But again, it's a confusing time for the women's division because you've got this Worlds Collide match with Tony Storm, which means the belt could change hands, which means that the title shot that everyone's vying for in the main event tonight mm. is for... We don't know who yeah. that's against, so and you can't even really build up to. You know, you couldn't have Rhea, you couldn't even have Rhea Ripley walk out at the end of the show with a belt to be like, ah, yeah. to the person. And again, this 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 was another promo that kind of highlighted the point of uh, how important is this thing? Yeah, like the show hasn't told us if you know what I mean. Like, how important is Worlds Collide in the grand scheme of things? Not very. But also is. But also is. I mean, they've got, they've <laughs> got, to, they've got, they've got to build it. You want people to watch it. I, yeah, uh, I just, it's confu- It's just a very confusing time because WWE needed something to do on a Saturday. So right. this is this is what's happening. We then got the uh, DIY, shall we reunite? Yeah, for old time's sake, chat. But it was interrupted by a rampage. <laughs> Keith Lee comes bundling in. Well, actually, Undisputed Era weirdly yeah. comes sort of bundling in first. It was actually hard to pick up what's happening because <coughs> they're in their black t-shirts, the security in black t-shirts. It was just a lot of shouting. Yeah, I was like, is that? Oh, it's them. And then that's when Keith Lee came in and bushed a guy who had, who at least had the decency to wear bright colours. Yeah, so it, it could... was basically a stag do. Yeah, <laughs> 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 load of men all wearing the same t-shirt, shouting gets, and rabble rousing, and someone gets pushed in a bush. <laughs> It was, yeah. So he, he dumps a security guy through the bush to try and get at Roddy Strong. He then chucks a guy onto a car, chucks another guy onto a table, and is like, Roddy, where are you? And then says, next week. Mm. Kind of moodily. I really like this. I thought, I, I quite liked it. great. I liked angry Keith Lee. I did. Because also, I think that's the thing, is like, we've we've seen little glimmers of it in that, in the ever gifable bits of matches he's done where he does the pop-up and I'm cross. He's even done it in a Santa hat recently, which I thought was really funny. Mm. Um, but this was genuinely livid Keith yeah. Lee. Um, but furiously. I know, and everyone's going to... This is something that I know will get picked up on, but I am going to nitpick this. He Go wasn't on. selling the ankle. No, that's true. At that mo- in that bit. because he's strong. He's really big and he's really <laughs> I just I just believe he'd be fine. I, have you seen well, him? Why do it? Just, I don't know. He's just really big, isn't he? He is big. I, I think he'd be fine. What would happen to your ankle if they did that? Oh, it would shatter. <laughs> a million yeah, pieces. I wouldn't have a I'd break up until the pelvis. <laughs> yeah. I think my leg would just melt. They'd do that to the, they'd do that to the chair and then my head would fall <laughs> off. <laughs> we then went into the main event, which was the Women's Battle Royal... Uh, to determine the number one contender to Rhea Rip, currently Rhea Ripley's NXT Women's Championship, but it might not be by the time the actual match comes about. So Candice Ray, Mia Yim, Bianca Belair all came out uh, to big pops. Io Shirai was in the match. Tegan Knox comes out. Dakota Kai didn't come out, but she was advertised for the match. She was literally in the graphic that was shown earlier mm. in the show. Uh, Mercedes Martinez comes out uh, who was literally confirmed to be signed yesterday so yep. she's already on NXT TV she checked in at the performance centre as, as they keep saying picked up her 
Oh, no, reported to the performance center. That's what they keep saying. Reporting for yeah. duty, sir. With their property of yeah, WWE exactly, yeah. shirts. I, yeah, so... I mean, that's good, though, that she's immediately being, being give, like thrown into the mix and, like, they're not doing kind of a really slow... We're going to wait until we've got the perfect character for her because people already know who she is. She was in both Mae Young Classics. She's already... You know, she was eliminated from the first Mae Young Classic by Shayna Baszler, yes. interestingly. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes. And Shayna Baszler also enters herself into this match. Another person, interestingly, that was in, uh, put into the match, Casey Catanzaro. Yeah, that was weird. Who everyone thought was... Retired. Yes. So there was there was a there was rumors last year that uh, Casey Catanzaro had uh, basically retired from wrestling because she had a back problem. Ricochet was saying no, she hasn't. We all have back problems essentially <laughs> because wrestling's a hard business. Everyone's hurting all the time. However, she was removed from uh, the current roster page. Yeah, she was definitely she moved to the my yeah. page for a bit. Like there was a lot of weird stuff about. It this, was so it? soon after her star turn as a star of blog watching her boyfriend whatever they did on crying the, watching Ricochet yeah. do stuff yeah which is cool I liked it the WWPC, yeah. WWPC uh, diary thing. things yeah and, but then all of that stuff stopped like she wasn't in any of those videos anymore um, she wasn't seen on NXT TV and this is from like September last yeah. year and then this is how they reintroduce her she just comes out and walks up the, the ring post and is in the match she had she, very little impact hmm. on the overall well she, took, she had a pretty big impact on the floor yeah when she got Smashed out. It was but... just, a, I, and I tried to write all the names of all the other people in the match to. to Shotzi Blackheart was quite an interesting one. Yeah, so Shotzi Blackheart was there. Caden Carter was there. Uh, Zyla Jesse was in Kamea, there. Zia Lee, MJ Jenkins, Vanessa Bourne, uh, Diana Perazzo. Yeah. was just in the match. She's the, not been seen since she was the, shown with Chelsea Green. This is again the ever-present like spectre of one of those two on <laughs> some some place in WWE. Like, oh, they're haunting WWE. <laughs> this and it was this was like I thought it was so weird that they were they putting over they did so many big entrances and debuts and there's all this stuff that sort of seems like it's been sort of fallen by the wayside. Like, what is Diana Perazzo's character? Why is she in this match? Now, where is Dakota Kai? Because you've advertised that she's going to be here, and she's not. Well, and obviously, like, obviously, she was there at some point. She was there at some point. So, like, there's there's a few big sort of moments to drag out of this match, which was mostly dominated by Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler. Um, mostly Shayna Baszler, in fact, just getting into individual fist fights with people and then just eliminating them. Um, the sort of fallout of the uh, lack of Dakota Kai is it all ends up sort of boiling down to after, actually, sorry, before that, there is a face-off between Shayna Baszler and Mercedes and everyone goes nuts. Like, because that like, they, they have a very similar look as well. Mm. So like they're stood facing each other, looking quite similar. They've got all this history. People were hyped to see them go at it. They go at it. They have a really good little stretch together. Mercedes seems to be taking sort of the victory and then Baszler wily sort of drags her out of her legs over the top mm. rope and she's she's laying on the apron smiling to herself and gets back in and the match continues but then it boils down to uh, Tegan Knox, Shayna Baszler Bianca Belair and Io Shirai um, Tegan Knox takes control and hits like all these amazing moves this is her big comeback yeah. this is essentially this is her comeback match so she gets this big moment where she actually takes on all three women at once does all of her cool stuff she goes up onto the turnbuckle to do a big splash. Who should run down? Dakota Kai. Mm. Drags her off the apron. 
drags her off the turnbuckle to the outside and then chucks the the brace, yeah. the knee brace at her <laughs> yeah. head. I was like, whoa, yeah. she could be written off again now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is by Tegan. We need, yeah. needed you for a week, so you can go back I like that. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. Bearing in mind that, generally speaking, apart from entrances, battle rules are pretty dull. This was great. Yeah, I really like this match. Everyone, you know, well, not everyone, most of the people involved had a reason to be in there and and a reason to have a go at someone else mm -hmm. and everyone got some stuff in the eliminations are quick but not so quick that you lost track of what was going on it was just a really well i just thought it was really well booked yeah i thought it was and it was really fun and it's like but it was it, it was if despite the fact that the cameras struggled to follow the story i think generally, yeah that's battle rules though. but i think it was quite easy to follow the story because we mostly they, they sort of just picked a protagonist for most of exactly, it. They were like, yeah. it's Baser and Belair. So we're yeah. just gonna follow them and what they're doing for most of the match. And it worked really well. It was like and it's it was good to see the most dominant women like the most dominant woman in NXT essentially at the moment, Baszler, just run roughshod over most of the division in one match. However, Baszler comes a cropper. Yeah. Because she gets Io Shirai in the Kirifuda clutch through ropes. And Shotzi Blackheart, who's only had one match in NXT since being signed, who had a good she had a good performance against Bianca Belair, rushes in and chucks Baszler out. Yeah. She'd been uh Diana Perrazzo had been eliminated by her earlier, and she'd dragged her out through the bottom rope and beat her up on the outside. So it was that classic, like, we're down to four people. Yeah, yeah. We're not down to four people. I can count, and I was watching her. She's got green hair as well. She's very easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can she's got she's there. Look. It was um I thought that was very emblematic of they need they what they well, this I think what they need to do, what they're correctly doing is sort of clearing Oh. What's happened here? <laughs> yeah. Sure well that'll that. go off, whatever. Uh clearing a little bit of air. Yeah. So that Rhea Ripley can have a proper feud with someone over the title. Yeah, exactly. And then have almost like Baszler now has to protect herself from the circling sharks of the pretenders mm -hmm. now. And that's like a second. So like that's the way that's all shoveling into place, which is probably going to be Mercedes Martinez mm -hmm. and Shotzi Blackheart. She'll obviously be angry. So like you can see where these things are starting to yeah. fall into place. And I thought that unlike some, sometimes a, a, the result of a battle royal can be a bit messy and a bit kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. But actually, I thought this really clarified a lot of stuff. Yeah. And really gave, breathed a bit of life. It into, gave everyone. It as gave... well as by the way, just putting everyone on TV in a way that made them look good. Yeah. I just thought, I just thought it was really well booked and it worked did, really It well. did the wonderful job that you want these things to do, which is it, it gave us two people, like earmarked two people we'd not really seen much of before as like, these are people to watch. Shotzi Blackheart and Mercedes mm. Martinez. It said like, Here's a bunch of people who've returned who are just going to, you know, they're about now. Further Tegan Knox's story with Dakota Kai in some way gave Baszler new opponents and then confirmed at the end when Bianca Belair faces off against Io Shirai that Io Shirai is the most over woman in NXT easily. Yes. And her heel turn did nothing to stem her momentum with the audience. And also just said Bianca Belair is now the number one contender because Bianca Belair gets, basically she just KODs Io Shirai just out of the ring like just bye that like, was huge yeah it was un it's, it's a really I mean, awesome spot yeah really awesome spot and really just well executed landing yeah. <laughs> by Io Shirai she sort of like yeah she gets hold of the ropes as she's being flipped yeah and, and manages to sort of just roll yeah it was I really enjoyed it I think the Battle Royale is well worth watching um, it's, it's a lot of fun it's like I think also Rumble season 
it's like a little warm up for the rumble. Yeah, it's got looks, very, yeah. it's got very similar vibes. Um, I loved this episode of NXT. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't, I don't think it was perfect. It didn't have anything in it that really, really made me go, now that's amazing. Like, you know, I felt like when the Finn Balor heel turn episode happened, that was like a five-star episode to me. Yeah, from but, a narrative standpoint, it didn't. But from a match standpoint, I thought the... Um, the performances were amazing. Yeah, I thought the Broserweights, um, Flash Webster, Morgan match, and Mark Andrews was unbelievable. That yeah. was one of the best matches that I've had next year had for mm-hmm. a while. I thought that was absolutely fantastic and is well worth catching if that's the only thing you're going to catch. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, narrative-wise, I think it's a little bit meh. Like, I'm fine with everything happening. I'm not, like, against yeah. it. But, like, it's, we're still not getting that real fast-forward, like, here we go. We're really on to something here. Because we have to kind of get hold formation, week. get to your next... Like, you know, very excited about the North American title match. Yeah. And in a way, this kind of confusing stuff that's been going on, like, uh, like the world's collide push and blah, 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 blah. It's actually kind of taken away... It won't when it comes to it. Yeah. But for now, it kind of took away a bit of that shine that that match was getting. Yeah. Because there was so much going on. You know, you've got, we've been really building these feuds, and now suddenly everyone's gone, hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Trent Seven sent me a tweet. We've got to do some you, DIY. Yeah, stuff, yeah. So, like, that, I think that was. Got a text about DIY. Yeah. There was some momentum halting stuff narrative wise, but match wise, I thought it was very good. Yeah. I think once we get, I think Worlds Collide is going to be an amazing show. And I think once we're through that and out the other side, NXT is going to go. They're like, going to go full the, steam ahead yeah. to Portland, and I like the matches that are already on the table for that sound amazing. I think so I, I think those I are, wait to see what yeah. the rest of the car is going to be. The, po- the post Worlds Collide a build to Portland is going to be, I think, absolutely incredible TV. Mm-hmm. So I gave it, um, yeah. So I gave uh, NXT four out of five this week. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with uh, that. Let's go. Into- I agree with your rating every week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's let's um, let's uh, go into the super chats. You're right. Yeah, sorry, I was I was I was reading a line at the same time as talking, so I just sort of that was, I went, to, that was I, hard to watch. I went I went into a holding pattern. You got you went all dumb brain on us. <laughs> so the line drive says two hundred five live still a thing. Just highlights NXT talent. The line drive also says, which is clear. Does that doesn't part. sound like a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, does it? Was it clip show? <laughs> It's like you've been framed. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the line drive also says, hope this isn't the last of the time splitters look great and could help elevate Kushida. Yeah, I totally think that agree too. And that. I, I think hopefully they stick around for a long time. Uh, Expect a Fight says, so I know I'm late today, but are we going to keep ignoring that Mark Andrews and El Fagador are clearly the same person? Uh, well, they are, other than the fact that Mark Andrews is much, much more athletic. And, and and margin yeah, and yeah, margin how, margin how, str- how strong are his fingers? Yeah, That's and marginally I- more musically talented. I <laughs> <laughs> then that that is a stretch. <laughs> uh, of JJ says, "Can Simon and Laurie acknowledge how amazing the mods are, particularly Jeremy and also the NXT UK, UK guys who were in the ladder didn't sell." Hashtag bro job. Uh, yeah, the mods are amazing. Thank you so much for doing all the work yeah, that you do. Thank you very much. Because otherwise, we can't do the super chats. Uh, so you actually. Make the show function. Make, make the show function because clearly we, we can't we be trusted. Can't, we can't. <laughs> this telly has gone off now. Normally when this happens, we just sat in here and just scream Pete until <laughs> Pete comes in and fixes stuff. That's true. So you raised a question earlier in the stream. What is Worlds Collide? What is it? Like, honestly, like what? Okay, so let's, well, let's do the 
let's do the sort of potted history of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and by that I mean, last time it was on, it was a house show. Yeah. Where they barely had lights and one camera. Yeah. Now, but they did have Luke Harper in his return match. But that was, the, match but that was the point Dominic of it. Dijakovic. Exactly, but that was the point of it. The point of it originally was supposed to be... You don't have anything to do on Mania weekend. Which is, yeah, it was just a super fun... It was really f- to get yeah. crowds hanging around more WWE stuff, yeah. live stuff at WrestleMania weekend, rather than going to see PWG. Yeah, and it, and it was also a tournament. And it was also a tournament. It was just fun. It, but The first, the original iteration. The second iteration was just a bunch of matches. Yeah. And I think what they've done now is is do, as we sort of talked about in the stream, they've now turned it into one of these semi-pointless pay-per-views yeah. where they tell you on TV this thing is incredibly important and, and they put lots of important people in it to try and get people to get, to try and stem the tide of people leaving the network now that all the shows aren't on it anymore. Yeah. But then the problem with that is, is now we have to basically pull the handbrake on every narrative whilst everyone drops what is apparently very important things in their life to go and have random matches. As great as the matches are, it re- I, it's a real momentum halting thing. And it also, you know, it's the same thing like, <coughs> like the matter around like the shield thing they did, mm-hmm. the uh, Starcade, uh, stuff like the Japan thing they did. The Beast to- in the East. Yeah, Beast in the East. Like all these things they keep doing that are, you know, just almost pointless. Yeah. But they are, uh, but at, at best, they're just fun, non-canon things. Yeah. But they, they're they really getting in the way of the the, what, the, the real business of yeah. our show moving into our pay-per-view. We have yeah. to go and do this other thing. But it's because they serve some sort of business purpose, usually. They're there for a reason. They're like, we're putting on this big show. We're going to film it because that makes it seem more fancy and important to the people we're selling the idea that we're doing the show to. Or... Like you said, we're doing a Worlds Collide thing on the Saturday because you buy a weekender ticket for the Royal Rumble. So there has to be four shows, but we've moved TakeOver mm. because of other reasons. Because obviously NXT is also going to be in Rumble. So we need another thing for you to be able to go to. That happens yeah. to be World Collide. We don't want you to go to other shows. There's also that argument of like, it's that same problem that things like Hell in a Cell have <clears throat> now. Having seasonal, pay- having pay-per-views that fall in the same month every year at the same time, but have a very big gimmick to them mm. means that you have to suddenly just start doing stuff that is out of narrative context. Like, oh, the Undisputed Era have invaded NXT UK in, on their big pay-per-view to start a fight with Imperium, which is like clearly not something they actually want. Like, yes. Why would they do know, that? Yeah, yeah. Like, why would the Undisputed Era, people, four people who have been avoiding a fight for 90% of their NXT career, get into a brawl with Walter? Yeah. Like, would you? Like, they've got the numbers. They've got the same numbers as you to have a little bash, like have a proper rumble. So, so but, then, but then that's that thing on the main roster where it's like, it gets to October and people are like, I need to settle this. Ideally inside a gigantic <laughs> cage-like structure. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I can, like, I've, I've, had a, I've had a thought and it's the yeah. only way I can envision winning this match. Um... I guess, I know. Yeah, it'd be, it, yeah, I know what you mean now. But I, I guess the problem then becomes: why isn't this just a pay per view then? Yeah, because to to your exact point, they they're gonna have that problem with uh, war games. Yeah, we're coincidentally gonna have these four and five and whatever's sort of cop, you know, capitulating around yeah. the time we need a war games match. 
we've got this weird pattern of takeovers where two happen within a couple of months of each other because of the pattern of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So that this sort of this is the wrong time to do it because we're only a week removed from one of the bigger takeovers. Mm. So why not push this to a, a more empty part of the schedule and turn it into a yearly showcase for the other NXT brands? Because there'll be more of them. Yeah. There'll be an NXT Germany, won't there, at some yeah. point. But this is because... Oh, and this is also because WWE's moved to BT Sport in the UK. So TakeOver Blackpool happening one week before the move. Worlds Collide with all your favourite NXT stars happening and NXT UK people happening on the Rumble weekend. With all the big stars on with it. With all the big stars. And NXT UK being pushed so hard by BT Sports, which is all like, this is all good stuff. So it's drop just, it as a takeover. It's just, it's, just, it's just funny when you see the... It's just interesting in wrestling because like you can never quite remove yourself from the mechanism of why things are yeah. happening. And then that does sometimes impact your enjoyment of like the story they're attempting to tell. But I would argue in this case, the story that NXT has been telling wasn't that story. And then for about a week, they've just gone, oh my God, this is the story. Like, yeah. And that's really what's happened here. We've just sort of had to, we were going somewhere. And we've just had to go, and then we're well, going to come back. I guess what you could, if you built it in as an actual pay-per-view. Elia Druganov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could build it in as a real pay-per-view. Maybe you have to just drop the Rumble takeover and yeah. turn it into takeover Worlds Collide. One, two, three, wherever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So why not just do that and then have things like, um, you know, like a random house show or whatever. You get something happen between a member of the Undisputed Era who was just yeah. over on a tour blah, 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 that turns into a more of a bit of a bigger feud, just for that, that sort of has one blow-off. Or you get things like, you know, maybe Finn, because you got there's something going to happen between Finn and whoever. Yeah. You know, uh, let's say, let's, I'm going to say Velveteen Dream just for the sake of uh, just putting someone in there. But let's say those two are going to have a feud next year. Yeah. For whatever reason. So building up to Worlds Collide, you put them on a different, you know, they you find them different, like, because of Finn's connection, you find they just find themselves on opposite sides of another feud within NXT UK, and it just makes sense for them to have a match around. Yeah, that or, time. Like, just start building it. Just start building it into the core narrative. Or you do, or you do that a little bit more of the WWE, the Raw and SmackDown thing of like when we're building to a pay per view. If it's if you're Roman Reigns and you're Baron Corbin, you're going to be on opposing sides of tag matches. You're going to be on the same side of a tag match. So you could do a thing like you you're going to take on these guys from NXT UK. I don't think many people are necessarily paying very close attention to what's happening in NXT UK beyond the takeover stuff. They're like, you know, glancing. So you could just say, you you know, Johnny Gargano, you're going to have a match against Jordan Devlin and Travis Banks or whatever. And you're going to be with Finn Balor because you keep having beef on NXT. So yeah. punishment, I'm putting you together. So you have totally. to, so you're going to lose this match. Yeah. That's like, there's all fun to do with that sort of stuff. But it's, yeah, it's, just, I think it's just when, like I said, you see, you can actually like, you know, you take the front of the, the watch off and you can see all the gears turning and then you're just like, oh, that's the gear that just says we have to do this because of deals. It's, it's fascinating. I think it's... Like, yeah, it is really interesting. I think it's really interesting and fascinating. I just... Like, now NXT's in the main pool of shows. It's interesting to see how it's changed in that yeah. way because that this has only happened since Survivor Series. Like we were all saying before Survivor Series when they called up, they dragged up a bunch of people... Um, just to fill in one time and then they were like here's 
Champer and Gargano for a couple of weeks doing stuff, but they're friends now. And like, you know, quite often the story goes out of the window. But if you're just going to throw the story out of the window, just make it non-canon. Just go, it's a World Collide thing, but we're not really going to talk about it as like a, we're not going to build to it in sort of verbal language from the wrestlers. We're just going to say that these matches are happening in like title cards on the show, but no one's going to talk about it. Like mm. no one's gonna like Champ's not gonna turn around and go like, oh man, we should have this DIY match. Just have the match on the show. Like no one's I don't think most people are gonna care about Worlds Collide in that like that intensely that they're gonna no. be swayed by swayed to watching it because of the storyline going in. They're just gonna watch it because they see that, you know, I'm I really wanna watch it because Imperium's taking on Disputed Era. I don't really care that they have got any beef at all. I just think those four guys are fantastic and these four guys are also fantastic. So mm. to see them like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of confrontation, which is how you can build the whole thing. Yeah, you can build it's it all like, around that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I just, it's, I just think it's fascinating and interesting. Let us know uh, on Twitter and all that stuff what you uh, think of Worlds Collide, why you think it exists, if you think it should become a yearly thing in the current vein or whether it should go back to being a, a tournament or whatever. Um, you've got a load of other extra WrestleTalk content coming up this week. The podcast returns tomorrow with the magazine show. Then on the weekend, there will be the SmackDown review. So enjoy. Eat your hearts out. I've been Laurie Blake. That's been Simon Longdon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.